0: Hey, I'm sorry, guys. I had to take my mask off first. Um, it's not because I'm trying to protect myself from the wrong in my own house. Um, I'm protecting myself from the bad smell and the bad stench that um, just left my living room from watching the Carolina Panthers drop another game to the Denver Broncos, a game that they lost 32-27, to 27, a game that was marred by just boneheaded penalties uh, bad coaching once again. Questionable play calling. Rasul Douglas having probably one of the worst games I've seen since and Wickery in the secondary. Just a whole lot to discuss as far as just the overall just out of incompetence, I don't of lack of a better term for this game. Guys, who wants to go first? Just fire away. Just initial thoughts from another loss from the Carolina Panthers. Rodney, go ahead, sir. Death. Wow, taxes. that's that that's strong. Oh, sorry. Death, taxes, <laughs> delay of game. <laughs> Three things you
1: can count on. Three things you can count on. I mean,
2: uh, uh, I'll also add no timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> man, this is.
1: Oh man, the offense has been piss poor for the past month to me, man, and I. Our third quarter adjustments have been horrible. We, we 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 can't come out in the second half flat. I mean it's it's just frustrating to see every single week. It's it's like we say the same things every week. And I, I, I just don't see it getting better, man.
0: Kaza, what you got, buddy?
2: You know, everyone's gonna look at this game and they're gonna say, we could have won the game, but the defense gave up some big plays late in the game, but the defense had us in the position to be in the lead or win the game mm. multiple times. The defense had all the big splash plays. The defense can only hold up so long before they just get tired and it all collapses, and that's what happened today when the offense has a bunch of boneheaded penalties. And to be fair, they did get kind of screwed over by the refs on a late, very well oh, yeah. timeout uh, call um but ultimately it's not working with the offense it's just not and that was the unit that everyone said oh the offense will be fine honestly I feel like the defense is the future of this team and the offense ain't ain't getting it done how many times we're we gonna throw two three yards when we need eight it's just it's frustrating
0: yeah um last play of the game there's a fourth and eight uh Teddy Bridgewater chooses the underneath route when uh <coughs> He had literally four of the receivers running other routes beyond eight yards. Um, I'm not really I don't know what to make of that particular play, but it was just kind of a microcosm of what we saw just throughout the entire game. Um, I, you know, in the first quarter, man, I I tweeted out like Dinkin and Duncan is not going to get it done against this defense and against this team. man. And I felt like in the first half, you know, that obviously showed its head. We don't even score a touchdown if it wasn't for Denver shooting themselves in the foot with a turnover. Yeah. So our touchdown came from them, basically, get, basically gifting us field position to get the touchdown. I say that to say in the second half, I, you know, I want to I I want, want to give Brady some credit and Bridgewater some credit in the second half. It looks like they made some slight adjustments and the ball was being thrown down the field a little more. And we were putting together drives. Where was that in the first half, gentlemen? It, it, what? Why 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 did we wait so late to make that adjustment, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, it's we were down I, I I
1: was in the car, I was listening, and they were mentioning that Teddy was speaking to the uh, offensive line and, and everybody on the offense. He was passionate. I mean, where's the sense of urgency at the beginning of the game? Like you have to play passionate about something. I mean it's it's just it's I, I just don't see the fire at the beginning of games.
0: Like yeah.
1: I just don't know what's going on. I mean, is, is, is the uh, coaching staff inexperienced? I, I I don't know. Do do we have the necessary leaders in the locker room?
2: I don't know, especially I, with the event. Uh No, yeah, it's – in the NFL, one of the toughest things to do is win after a bye week. And because – and especially with the way the season is structured now, with the global pandemic – I would imagine that it, would, it was very tough for these guys. Remember, the Panthers had that problem under Ron Rivera in that after a bye week, you just couldn't get motivated. That's just a tough thing to do in the NFL with a young team, with a new coaching staff. I'm not surprised they started the game off flat. Um, they did make some adjustments in the second half, but what ended up killing us was just mistakes. Yeah. I mean, just little, tiny, not, not so much execution, but stuff like why don't we have any timeouts left at the end of the game again for another week? You know why are we getting There's no the, impotence? Why are we? Why do we have the ball uh, with five yards left to score a touchdown and we're just we're, we have to decide whether we not we want to kick the field goal or not? That, that's just we. Those are the things that kill the Panthers week after week after week. And the coaching now I got I got to put that on the coaching staff. It's their job to shore up those yeah. things.
0: All right, Kazi, you mentioned something. You kind of stole my thunder because my next question – well, my next kind of comment slash question was, we all remember how the beginning stages of the Ron Rivera era was. Um, it was kind of marred by the same things, the inconsistencies, uh, some of the coaching mistakes. Ron Rivera took a lot of accountability, you know, his first uh, two seasons with, with the Panthers. Um, he, You know, there was even this – the seminal moment where he said he, you know, he had to kind of have a conversation with himself on the plane and kind of look deep inside and, and, and kind of, you know, figure out, uh, you know, his direction so he could write the shit for the Panthers. Are we seeing the same things with Matt rule? Um, uh, is, is it like a mirror image? Is there any difference? And, um, and, and does rule deserve some benefit of the doubt? Because, you know, this is such a young coaching of staff. I'm,
1: in all honesty, man, like it wasn't a typical off season you didn't have the preseason games you didn't have the coaches actually getting to know their players and and, and, and seeing what their tendencies were in the offseason. season I'm, he gets a slight pass but i mean right now it's week what 13 14 yeah you you, yeah. you 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 got i, I got to see some progress and i'm not seeing any progress it's it's the same thing since week 1
2: yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned the off season because Ron Rivera went through the same thing. Remember that was a lockout year. Yep. Panthers didn't have a, we had a shortened preseason. We didn't have a, a, a full training camp. Um, I, I think the difference here though, is that we knew the Panthers had the potential to be something special, mainly because we had Cam Newton. And then we yeah. had Luke Kuechly the, the next year. And, and you can say what you want about the Rivera decade, but, that was a pretty good time to be a Panthers fan, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, so the question is now: Do we feel that same way this first season under the new? Because I remember the Panthers went six and ten, Ron Rivera's first year under Cam Newton, and I didn't feel dejected like I feel, uh, you know, when the Panthers lost. I mean, we had some good, good losses. Cam Newton would put up these great stats, would do these amazing things, and Ron Rivera went through those those learning mistakes. Uh, the difference is that Rat Rule is going through those learning mistakes, but there's nothing else. To, there's nothing like Cam Newton to get excited about. Yeah, we have some young hitters on defense, but it, it, it's kind of tough because it's like we know, okay, clearly Teddy Bridgewater is probably not that guy of the future. So now what? You Let me ask
1: you guys a question, funny question. Is Teddy Bridgewater a stopgap or the bridge?
0: Uh, t- t- <laughs> <laughs> You know, oddly enough, I think he's both. You know what I mean? Um, I, <laughs> I, I think we, you know, I, I don't like, I always like to say, man, we don't have crystal balls because we don't know what management is going to do. So I want to make that very clear. But at the same time, I could easily see a situation at some point in time. I don't know if that's next season. I don't know if it's two seasons from now. I don't know when. But at some point in time, I could easily see the Panthers investing in some type of young quarterback and saying, hey, Teddy, you know what? You're going to be the mentor towards our future here. Again, I'm not into making predictions. I don't have the crystal ball. I could just see that happening at some point. I'm going to let you go, Patrick.
2: No, I was going to say, I I could see the Panthers wanting that out of Teddy, but I don't think they will get it. That's just not something you get in the NFL. We've heard – uh, I, I remember um, Brett Favre talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, and how he was like, I'm not going to mentor the guy that was going to take my job. No, no, going to happen. And I, and I think that's probably – you probably get that a lot around the NFL. Why would you want to groom someone to, to take food off your table? And considering uh, the struggles Bridgewater has had in his career – Just getting to the point where he's a starting NFL quarterback, Mm -hmm. I don't see him taking a back seat. If anything, bringing in young competition would maybe uh, help get him to the next level, but Mm -hmm. something's something's got to give uh, with with the offense, and it just might be Teddy Bridgewater. To answer the question, uh, Rodney's question, he's a stopgap. I don't don't think he look and say, yep, Teddy's the guy that's going to get us there.
0: No, I, I don't see it. Yeah. No, um, I mean it, it definitely doesn't look like he's the, the long term solution so far this season. I think we've had enough of a sample size to kind of come to that conclusion, man. Um question my next question I wanted to ask you guys, <clears throat> uh with DJ Moore being out, how much did that affect the Panthers offense today? And and did it affect the Panthers offense today?
1: We still put up twenty six points. Um he would have made a slight difference, but but not a not as big of a difference. I mean, Teddy would have still been nicking the dunking out there.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean the offensive line would have still kind of have a subpar day today. I mean, unless DJ Moore can play left tackle, I, I don't know how much of a difference it would have really made.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, I don't think it would have made a big difference at all. Um, I mean, I love DJ Moore, and he's, uh, I think he's a. Solid number one wide receiver in the NFL. A difference maker? Mm I don't know about
0: that. You know, one of our our chat members today uh, brings up something that I wanted to talk about today. And uh, uh, Neek22 brings up tight end usage today. Here's something interesting today, y'all. As much as we don't throw the tight ends all season, Ian Thomas probably has his best game and his best game equals three catches for 20 yards. Not a, but on top of the three catches for 20 yards, we can probably count three drops as well. Why, why don't we see – do we it, – it, I guess my question is, is there an anybody behind Ian Thomas that Matt Rue can put his faith in? Or no. do we is it just time to move on? Is it is it is it time to just
2: here's what here's what I don't get. When a few years ago, Ian Thomas did look like he would be the guy to report. The next the guy up.
0: The next guy. Right.
2: Yeah. I'm not going I'm not saying that he was gonna be as good as Greg Olson. Greg Olson is a future Hall of Famer, but Ian Thomas looked like he could at least fill some of that role partially. What's changed? Except the quarterback. The and offense. the coach. Yeah, I mean, it's so clearly the, there there was more of a uh, of a, you know, our, our offense was tailored around the tight end being there. You know, Greg open was the main weapon for the Panthers for a decade, essentially. Now with the new staff and the new QB, that's just not how we do our offense. So uh, it's. I don't think it's Ian Thomas. I'll be honest. I don't think it's Ian Thomas. I think if the offense was tailored more around, hey, we'll get our balls out to tight ends. Yeah, um, I, I just think about like that that final play. Imagine a tight end sitting in his zone. I could see Greg Olson just sitting in the zone nine yards out.
0: Right. Right.
2: Instead of hey, let's put everyone on a crossing route with the tight end sitting on the bench. I, right.
0: Right.
1: So I, I I got some I got pushback for that man. Um, Joe Brady, you look at LSU. I, I saw this firsthand. <laughs> it's a Clemson fan. Thad Moss w- was an integral part of that offense with Justin Jefferson and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Ian Thomas was, what, was a third or fourth-round pick.
0: Third-round pick, I Ian believe. He a,
1: a great potential swing for the fences type guy. He just started playing football five, six years ago. Honestly, I think it's on him. He has to develop. Uh, uh, one problem with him was blocking. Uh, he probably is not a good route runner. Uh, this team is in retool mode, and you have to show that 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 that, that you're an integral part of the future. Maybe he just hasn't shown it in practice.
0: We, we honestly uh, don't know. I mean, simple question. If you can't block and you can't
2: run routes, then what are you good for? It, it's, it sounds like it's time to go. Yeah, but the thing is, like I said, it, a few years ago, it looked like he was going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and the difference is that also Cam Newton is used to throwing to tight ends. If you remember his first season in the league, he threw he was throwing to Jeremy Shockey, yeah, and then he was throwing to Greg Olson, right. And he's always that the, the Panthers have always had um, at least in the last decade that tight end safety valve. So you, you know Cam was used. Hey, if Greg Olson went in and Ian Thomas was in there and Ian Thomas was open or he thought that he could make the play, he was going to deliver them the ball. I don't think we have that with Teddy, and that's not necessarily Teddy's fault. He's just doing what the game plan dictates or his style dictates. But I think that's a lot of that, that's a lot of it. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have any rapport with Ian Thomas like Cam Newton did. He doesn't have that trust in him, and neither do the, the coaches and Joe Brady. Obviously, um, it it might just be one of those things where Ian Thomas is no longer a good fit for the Carolina Panthers.
0: Right, right, right. All right. So move, moving on from that, man, and Kaza. I specifically want to get your thoughts about this first. What did you think about Phil Snow's plan and his play calling today?
2: Um, now, I think that Phil Snow maybe realizes that of all the seats, his is probably the warmest. He would be a scapegoat for this season, even though he sh- – he, I'm not sure he, he should. should I don't he think he be. should be.
0: No,
3: no.
2: Nah. Um, nah. I, I, you know – it, the, the worst thing that he that he's done is I feel like some of the uh, there was some conservative play calling the first half of the season, but he it's almost like he's dis, dismissed that he's like done away with that. We see a lot more blitzes. The biggest play of the game was Jeremy Chang coming off of the outside, mm-hmm. you know, that fumble. We saw more that, more of
0: that, please.
2: And we saw that multiple times during the game. We saw a very aggressive defense. Um, from Phil Snow today, actually, and th- to be fair, they carried most of the game until they just couldn't anymore. Until you know, Drew Locke was like, "Okay, we're just gonna throw forty yards downfield," and you know, the defense can only do so much at that point. We have the youngest defense in the league, and I think a lot of people forget that kids um, make mistakes. They're gonna make mistakes. You're not always gonna be able to execute. But I, burst. Like, I felt like the players were in a good position <laughs> to make good plays today and and we saw that I think uh I personally like I said I'm excited for the future of the defense it's the offense that I'm kind of iffy about um there's a lot of chemistry problems there we still don't know how CMC is gonna fit into all this because he's been injured the entire season who's our number one receiver who I don't know we don't know pick somebody it could
0: could change from week to week but that might be a good problem so I mean the
2: problem the defense has is that I'm I'm not sure if we have that leader yet, but uh, but I, I like yeah. what I saw. I think the worst play they made today was Jermaine Carter's taunting.
0: All uh, be, 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 let, let me stop you right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of torn on this, okay, because, I, I, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like the old grumpy man I am. And I, back in my day in the 90s when we were watching football, I don't remember taunting calls. I don't re- I don't remember getting the flag thrown for being in somebody's face talking shit, okay? So, when I saw that taunting call, I'm like, they still call that? And I get it. These players are supposed to know the line to not cross. I, I get that they're supposed to have a little more awareness, you know, in-, in that situation, especially on the third down, okay? I get it. But footballing is an emotional game, man. Jermaine Carter made a big hit. The adrenaline is flowing. It's one of those things, it's like the rules are the rules, but I don't like the rules. I'm just being honest, man. I just, I'm sorry,
2: bro. That's a, I mean, the thing is, is technically it was a good call, but it was a bad call. Thank you. Yeah. In that situation, you don't make that call unless you feel like, the game is gonna get out of hand. Now, if the players are being chippy, then okay, yeah, now you start throwing flags for Taunting. But that was a huge, huge play for the Panthers at that time. It was a big physical hit. Everyone was excited. He he was standing over the guy anyway. What the ref wanted to do, right? Like run off the field.
0: Hello. Uh, Hello. You know?
2: <laughs> so uh so yeah. I, I thought like the, the defense the defense did their job today uh more than the offense did there.
0: Right, so Rodney. What do you what, what, what uh, before you before you go right now? I didn't get your thoughts on Phil Snow and in in the, in the defense today. Did you have anything different?
1: I mean, you can call the right
0: plays, but the players got to be in the right position. Here's my thing. I, I want to share. This is why I asked y'all this question, man. I thought Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator for the Broncos, I thought he played chess and Phil Snow played checkers today. I really do. Here's why. <clears throat> I saw an adjustment that was made probably, uh, I'd say maybe second quarter. And it was probably the first time Rasul Douglas got burnt. I think Pat Shermer said, you know what? All right, they're sending a lot of We're going to get to him in a second. We're going to get to him in a second. Trust me. And I think Pat Shermer saw that and was like, you know what? They're sending a lot of heat. They're, They're blitzing like every probably third play. Let me set my quarterback up for success. Let me. Bring in the fullback to block. Let me tell my receivers to run these goal routes because number 24 out there is having a real bad day. And I think the, uh, Snow sli- sending so much heat bit us in the ass ultimately, Most like, mostly because number 24 couldn't cover his guy. And I think Sermer picked up on that. So that's where I was going with that question, man. Say
2: about the blitz. You live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. So, I mean, the Panthers have to – unfortunately, they have to be that aggressive on defense because there's no other way they can get to the quarterback. The front four just ain't there yet. Um, And it's – I'll say this. College coaches don't have to make the same kind of adjustments in the game that an NFL coach does. In fact, a lot of times in college, they don't have to make an adjustment at all because the league gets so big in college that a lot of times it's just maintaining – uh, what's already happening in the game. It's not – the ebb and flow is completely different than what we saw today where, okay, hey, yeah, Denver just scored a huge 40-yard touchdown. Oh, the Panthers just scored 30 seconds later. Um, right. You don't get that in, in college except for mm-hmm. the high-level maybe playoff games. So I think that's something else that Phil Snow uh, yeah. Yeah, has to adjust to. It. It really, Kyle, summer, who is – yeah, he's got Super Bowl range,
0: though. So. Exactly. Real, real quick, man. Uh, Jay is ask Jay Hannah uh, in our chat room is asking about Dante Jackson. I, I feel like Don- I feel like Dante Jackson had a pretty good game today, man. I yeah, I don't. I don't think they called his names for the wrong reasons today. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. So if I didn't hear a lot
1: of them, that's a good thing.
0: Right, right. Other than the fact that, of course, he had to have his weekly injury where he gets off the field for two plays, <laughs> but outside of that, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's one
1: hundred thirty-five pounds. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> right, 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 man. And and, and I, you know, just back back to this defense, man. I don't think Drew Locke is a bad quarterback. However, I don't think Drew Locke is twenty-one for twenty-seven, 280, four touchdowns, good every week.
3: Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> I death, mean Death,
1: taxes, <laughs> career game versus the Panthers. <laughs> I
2: <I'm> just put <laughs> that in perspective, he threw thirteen less passes than Teddy Bridgewater did. Ooh. And had had more yards, right?
0: Uh, no, thir- three, uh, less, uh, yards. three less yards. Three less yards.
2: Throwing a hoop. Bridgewater got <laughs> <guy laughs> Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, the folk,
0: How, However, Kaiser. however, Teddy Bridgewater did not have Rasul Douglas on the opposing side uh, this week. <laughs> Drew Locke True. did. Rasul Douglas, do y'all remember that game Ben Wickery had against the Atlanta Falcons a few yeah. years ago?
2: thousand yards, I
0: think. I, I, I hope – I hope Pralad is not watching us right now, the Falcons fan, because I'm sure he's going to pop up and remind us of that game. But anyway, Rasul Douglas had a B'nai Benwickery type of game today, man. It was bad. Now, I look, w- I, I always want to be objective, okay? I look, we are a we are a fan podcast. We're not journalists, but we always want to be fair. Now, it is worth noting that Rasu Douglas was battling COVID stuff and he could not practice this week. So I'll be fair and just say maybe that stuff affected him today because the damn should looked like he had some timing issues and his timing was a bit off today. So I do want to be fair about that. So there you have it. <laughs> Guys, offensive MVP today. Who you got? Robbie Anderson. Kaiser,
2: uh, Mike Davis.
0: <laughs> this is the most
2: unenthusiastic. Mike Davis would have had an important stiff Mike Davis would have had a better day if the if the Panthers were able to control the ball better. Um, yeah. But they were playing from behind a lot, and but still, he averaged like four and a half yards a carry, two touchdowns. Um, if Mike Davis, it, you know, if he had been a full time starter, he might have a thousand yard season. He's quietly having a, a pretty <clears throat> good season in the absence of McCaffrey. He's not able to do a lot of, you know, they can't let him out wide like they can CMC, but he does a pretty good job running the ball. And I thought he did a good job. Yeah. All
0: right. I want to, I want to, I'm actually going to ask another question Jay is asking in the chat. Um, Is it time, is it time for, I won't say, I'll, I'll ask it a different way. Is it time for Marty Herney to be evaluated? Let's put it like that.
2: I mean, you always want to evaluate everybody that has anything to do with the organization constantly. You must say, if I make a move on this person, does it make the team of the franchise better? So the question is, would replacing Marty Herney make the Panthers better? And that depends on how much you think the players that he has selected are to blame for the Panthers' woes. I think this season – it would be hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. They went all in on defense on the draft. And so far, I think that's the better End of the- as far as potential of you know the two phase fa- or the three phases of the game. Um, I mean, he drafted Jeremy Chen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, who is probably, if he don't get defensive rookie of the year. You uh,
1: burned everything down,
2: and yeah, office. he's gonna be real close. He he's that guy is gonna be a perennial All Pro player. So Marty Herney drafts another All Pro player to add to the long, long list of All Pro players and future Hall of Famers. He's already drafted. How much credit do you give him for that versus the bad picks that that he's made? Yeah. Uh, it, the GMs are always a, a tough, tough balancing act, and Marty Herney's always been very difficult to evaluate because when he gets a good one, man, they're good.
0: He gets a Brilliant. great one. Right. Yeah, right. yeah,
2: he gets like an all-time great. He,
0: get a good, he gets a great one. Right.
2: And bad hey, man, look, one. look, he got he got Brian Burns last year. Right. You know, so it, it it's like, okay, so he's getting the right pieces. Um it, it, it Marty Hearn is always going to be an enigma in the NFL. He he just he just is because yeah. Because he has the ability to get these great, great guys, but then on on the other end, um, yeah, you know, he
0: does
2: find Teddy Bridgewater to three years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rodney, what you think?
2: What if I told you that he
1: probably has already been evaluated? Uh, Hear me out. When David Tepper was talking about meeting with Matt Rule and making the head coaching decision higher – who was with Dave Tepper? Marty Herney. Marty Herney. Right. Marty Herney played a vital piece of bringing rule here. Marty turn Marty Herney has a seat at that table. Look, he, 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 even if he's not the GM, he will still be involved involves in some way with this organization. I agree. He, he has become Tepper's boy. He look, he's he's going to be a mainstay here. Yeah. Sorry, listen, I mean
3: that's I, what listen. He is.
0: I, I am this may come as a surprise, maybe it doesn't. I am actually gonna defend Marty Herney and I and I mean full-on defend Marty Herney. Here here's here's why. I want everybody to 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 realize and to kind of remember that the Panthers this season have lost more one score games than any other NFL team this season. Okay? So I bring that up because if you look at the record itself, you look at we're like, what, we're four and nine at this point, point? Yeah, and you look at the record. I think it is a little lazy to look at the record and just say, you know what, ah, the GM's the problem. Uh-uh. I think it's a little more complicated than that. For all the reasons we talked about Matt Rule and his performance this season, and 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 Matt Rule trying to quote unquote figure it out with the new culture staff, new pieces, a stopgap quarterback. Now, also keep this in mind keep this in, in, in mind as far as Marty Herney is concerned. We don't have the intel to know whether it was a Tepper call or a Herney call to ultimately say, you know what, can we're going to move on. Let's give Herney the benefit of doubt and say Tepper ultimately made that call because I kind of believe that. Marty Herney did the best he could as far as t- signing a Teddy Bridgewater. So with that being said, I just, again, I just think it's a bit lazy to kind of put all the blame on Herney if you're just looking at the record itself. You you have to kind of look at context. So I'll I'll defend Marty Herney this week. I may have a totally different answer next week. All right, guys. Were there any other defensive MVPs other than Jeremy Chan this week?
2: We know the answer to that.
0: We know the answer to that? Yeah. All right, we'll move on. So next week, guys, uh, we have the We are traveling to Lambeau Field to play Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Give me your predictions. I'm pretty sure they're pretty grim, but give me your predictions. 41-17 Packers. Kaiser, what you got?
2: 32-17 Packers. I think the defense actually makes Aaron Rodgers kind of uncomfortable, but same stories this week. Big play from – Green Bay is going to be the difference, and our offense can't keep them off the field.
0: Gotcha. I will say that the Panthers give us a surprise effort, kind of like the one in Kansas City, but ultimately come up short. Um, Just like Kaza said, it's probably going to be the same thing as every week, man. We'll probably look really – I think we'll actually probably come out hot in the first half. I think the Packers will adjust in the second half and ultimately win the game. Um, I'll say Packers probably win uh, 30, 35 to twenty four. I'll, I'll I say. I mean, look,
1: the 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 actual important question is: Do we win one more game this season? I mean, we got Green Bay, then the uh, football team in Washington,
2: and then New Orleans to close it out. Do 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 we just? We might beat the Saints because they're going to sit players, but probably not. I, I don't see it. I, I mean, see it. You know. You know Ron Rivera is going. Ron is coming out
1: to, to 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 knock Katie Bridgewater in the next week.
2: Yeah. And yeah. and they could win that division. They could win the NFC East if, yeah. you know, if they NFC least. I think yeah, I don't think it doesn't it doesn't look good for the Panthers and the teams that are <clears left throat> in the draft, two of them need quarterbacks. So we're out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. It's not looking good. I I will say this uh, real quick before we move on. Uh, Jamal brought up an interesting stat about the Carolina Panthers uh, leading the league in one score losses. There was one other time they led the league in that stat. The very next season, we went to the Super Bowl, and we went fifteen and one to the Super Bowl. Um, typically, that particular stat is a bit of an outlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually, teams that lose a lot of games by uh, one score show massive improvement in the next season because they end up regressing up to the mean and winning. Even, though, even though. out. Evens so out. Absolutely. That could be a good omen uh, for us.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Um, I have a. Question to ask as a transition: Is Lamelo Ball the best quarterback in Charlotte right now? <laughs> Don't answer that. I'm just playing. <laughs> look, man. Look, look, look,
1: look. He lives. He lives in the best quarterback uh, in Charlotte ever's old house.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he. He's... Look, look. All we, all we need Lamelo to do now is just wear some silk shirts and some crazy hats, man. And look, we
2: in the game, man. But you know what's funny? <laughs> everyone would love him for it everyone would be like yo look at this guy he's a trendsetter he's a style fashionista cam couldn't win doing because mm-hmm. cam before cam already came in the league he had this negative energy uh, you know, not
1: energy but negative. Well, energy. yeah this connotation yeah, about him
2: yeah the media had already determined that they weren't going to like cam newton whereas Lamelo is a little different i think the media is on his side I think they feel like he's the most likable of all the ball kids. Although, I mean, Lonzo Ball was perfectly likable, but there was a lot tied to Lonzo.
0: Except for when he said that BS about Nas. Other than that, man, he was a pretty player. <laughs> nice, like, yeah, except for that crap. But yeah, yeah uh, guys, just a reminder, everybody in the chat room, you can leave us a voicemail at 704-981-1747. But in case you have not figured it out, we are going to transition to our beloved Charlotte Hornets and the preseason action that came about from yesterday. Guys, it has been 276 days since we have seen our Charlotte Hornets on the court. I have never been so excited to see a preseason game with no fans in my life. It was so refreshing. I didn't care if we lost by 40 last night. It was just good to see the guys on the court. Guys, I know it is it's 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 silly to try to sit here and break down a preseason games, but we're going to attempt to do it anyway. Just give me your initial thoughts on the game overall.
2: My overreaction is we're going to the playoffs. <laughs> look, you got to overreact. That is the rule. You have to overreact. Yes. We were good when we look good, <laughs> with Classy, but, but the, the, the tempered, uh, correct reaction would be that the Hornets regardless of how the season goes, they're going to be a tough out for anyone when they're hitting on all cylinders. There's no way that you could not have watched uh, the first 20 minutes of basketball last night, last night and not felt excitement for the Charlotte Hornets. They Absolutely. Looked, they looked good. Um, now, of course the wheels kind of fell off, but that was because, you know, goes like, okay, now it's time to mess up the rotations and sticks. <laughs> also, you know, the Hornets, the youngest team in the league, were playing a team that made it to the ECF last last season. They made an adjustment. The Hornets started to turn the ball over, and Toronto just started hitting a bunch of threes, and, you know, and then that was the story of the game. But when the when both teams' starters were in, man, I liked what I saw from our starting lineup of uh, Terry Graham, P.J. Uh, Zeller, and Gordon Haywood. I, I mean, I felt like they <laughs> – they had this weird chemistry considering they hadn't played like any basketball. Absolutely. I just felt like that, that's something to build on. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Rodney,
0: Rodney, what you got?
2: Man,
1: look, man, don't, don't crucify me for saying this, man. LaMelo La- La- gave me like six foot eight, Jason kid vibes, man. Like those passes, the rebounding. He's gifted, it, man. It, it, like, like I- I'm, I'm, I'm still skeptical of his scoring ability, but that will come. I'm not really too much worried about that. But man, he could control the game without scoring. And that that that's that's pretty damn special to me, man. And uh, and, look, and look
0: Rodney, not to cut you off, man, but you usually are not describing uh, players like that at such a young age. 19. He's 19 and you can already see that ability.
1: You know what I was doing? Let me quit.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, we don't want to know. Go ahead. Yeah, you
1: don't want to know. I mean, but but other than that, man, uh, it was refreshing to see Gordon Hayward kind of be aggressive a little bit over his time on the court. He fit in with everybody, and, and and what I did love was we were we were spacing out the floor, like we we had the spacing there, and and it was kind of interesting to see PJ at the five. Uh, PJ didn't look great last night to me, but
0: uh, I, look. I'm glad you brought that up. Huh? I'm glad you brought that up. Kaza, let's talk about your boy, PJ Washington. Well,
2: what, what what what
0: did you think about PJ last night, man?
2: Okay, so I think some of it was like nervous energy. You know, the Panthers did not have or the Panthers not the Hornets did not have the luxury of playing in the bubble. You know, Toronto just played back meaningful basketball what a month and a half ago?
0: Yeah, right, 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 right. A right.
2: month ago, yeah. Meanwhile, we hadn't played any mini basketball in, in March seventy six days. Yeah, so there there was that. Um I think also PJ that rotation was new for him. Normally, yeah, yeah. used to being paired with Miles Bridges and their roles kind of swapped. We didn't have that luxury now. Now, dude, you're the power four. Gordon Hayward is 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 playing the small four now, and. So I, I think that difference might have had a little bit uh, to do with why he didn't come out and have, like, a bang-up game in, in in the preseason. Look, um, Dick. Yeah, look I, I know what his problem was. I, I just got
1: two words.
2: <laughs> Stop it, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> <Brittany>. <laughs>
0: They they say relationships put a little weight on you.
1: I don't know if he been in the gym or the kitchen, man. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, I, look, look, but my but my serious question to y'all is: Does it look like he picked up a little weight to y'all? Because it looked like a little he did a little bit to me.
1: It's a little baby weight, you know. He a little, got a baby on the way. I think, uh, yeah,
2: you know, I think a lot of guys picked up some COVID nineteen weight. Um, you know, for the most part, they're not in the gym like they would be during a normal season because there's nowhere for them to, to really go. They could go to the practice practice facilities, and even then, there were some rules to when they could go and how often they could go. Um PJ's always been kind of a like a hefty guy. Yeah. Even in college, so <coughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he picked up a little bit of – I mean, right, Look,
1: so- look, look he, he better run that weight off because um- – Miles Bridges—he's coming back for that starting spot. Amen. Man,
0: listen, dude, listen. Miles Bridges looked like a man on a mission last night, man. I, I, I saw Miles Bridges do something last night that I have—I didn't see him do all season, man. There was there was one possession where the play, where the shot clock was running down. Miles Bridges went behind his back and shot a pull-up mid-range jumper, and my mouth hit the floor because I don't remember ever seeing Miles Bridges do that. I—it just looks like. He was the one that got in the gym this summer and actually developed and worked on his game. Well, I mean, what what else did y'all think about Miles Bridges?
1: Man, look, I love the aggression. I mean, this bitch move might revitalize him, man. I I, I don't know. I mean, he's hungry, man.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And and then playing with LaMelo might have helped him too.
3: I was
2: going to say, he looked like he had a real good chemistry with LaMelo. Looked like LaMelo liked giving the ball to Bridges, that behind the back. Fast pass on the fast break. Richard on the N one. I mean, I'll pay good money to see that every night. Uh, I, I I liked what I saw from Mouse Bridges. And rest in peace to that Boucher guy. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll out of the after that. Yeah. You
3: know, that.
1: I'm looking forward to when Malik Monk comes back. Malik lamello and
2: miles
0: oh my god
1: hey,
2: that's an exciting match, match oh my man Gosh, man! that second unit malik mont would have done real well in that second unit to provide them some some scoring that they need scoring punch yeah um you know i, I man it, it's hard to be excited as a hornets fan because very rarely do we get to be excited and then when we are excited because the hornets do something it Never pans out like when they when they got the white howard, I was excited that season. I was like, okay, Clippers finally, finally got the team that he wanted. We got Kimba, we got White Howard in the post.
1: And that <laughs> I got another one for you. I got another one for okay.
2: you.
1: I got another one for you. We finally got our big three. Let's see. This
3: is
0: yeah. It, it look, man. Look, we, we the Hornets have never had luck on their side because I I would never understand how Lance Stephenson totally forgot how to shoot when he came to Charlotte. I mean, he just forgot how to shoot. And hey, I've man, never look, seen anything he like that.
1: Knows how to play when he plays in Indiana.
0: Right, right. But anywho, back to current Hornets. <laughs> this is an interesting question, man, because we know that fans are pretty much salivating at the mouthful of LaMelo to start, and I. I of course, I understand. But going back, <laughs> going back to what we saw last night, man, it just looks like Lamelo coming off the bench, whether you know it's it's for an extended period of time or not. That chemistry, that bench chemistry, looks special. And to you know to, to kind of bring back Ronnie's point about Malik Monk, man, I think it's going to be even better. So, with that being said, man, so Borrego kind of. Kind of leave Lamelo on the bench for a while, or y- y- y'all still see him starting?
1: Uh, Terry Rozier, Um <laughs> He's coming for your spot, brother. Uh, let me tell you, man. It's imagine him with him and Gordon Hayward on the floor together, man. Mm-hmm. That's it, it's 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 going to be nice. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, it's Yo, be man, nice. at,
2: some, at some point you've got to give Melo that shot sooner than later. I know you don't want to really mess up the chemistry, but you got to at some point, hey, it's just going to be better for the team if Melo is starting. And, I mean, let's be clear, Terry Rosier would be an awesome option off the bench. The only problem is that Terry Rosier is not likely to buy into that. That's why there was a lot of talk about trading Rozier if we drafted Lamelo. Terry Rozier does not want to go back to being, um, you know, he. You know, a backup point guard. Also, he'd probably be our sixth man and he'd be a very good one, but I don't think that's a role that he wants.
0: Yeah, but what where does this put Devonte Graham?
1: Uh in a good position. I I honestly think Devontae can play off the ball. Um, he's a good enough shooter, and he will still be guarding the point guards. I mean, Lamelo's six eight, man. I mean, it's I think Devontae recognizes how special Lamelo has the potential to be
0: mm-hmm. right and
1: Devontae at the end of the day is still a second round pick in his going into his third year. I mean, he really doesn't have that but much.
2: LaMelo, this is this is gonna be outlandish, <laughs> but I'm gonna say it. LaMelo is a better version of the player that we wanted Nick Batum to be. Woo.
0: He got ready, like right. <laughs>
2: When was the last – I know it's preseason, and it's hard not to get excited and overreact, but let's be honest. When was the last time Nick Batum had a game where he impacted the game that much without scoring? Because we have a lot of games where Nick Batum (laughs) doesn't score. But LaMelo Ball didn't score a single point and still impacted the game. He's out rebounding like center. He's getting rebound behind the back passes finding guys. Yeah. He had a few hiccups. Like he, he had a backwards pass. It was a turnover. Coach has got to be like, Hey, no, you don't, you don't pass backwards. Right. to teach him that kind of stuff. But for the most part, when you can have a player that can impact the game without scoring, man, that's. Yeah.
0: and, and, And look, man, you know, my, my overall impression of LaMelo ball, it was, was this, I mean, he he's gifted. And some of the rookie stuff he did, like he fired up this 36 foot three pointer, you know, that that was kind of ill-advised. Um, He got he, he got fouled on his first shot. So I don't really count that against him, man. And he missed another shot, man. You know, people seem there, there's some people who are making a big deal for, you know, out of his lack of shooting. And I want to remind people: Kemba Walker was not a great shooter when he when he first got to Charlotte. Not, and it, it, it it took him two seasons to really get to to the point where he was a a decent three point shooter. Man, just be be patient with that stuff, the rookie stuff, the nineteen year old stuff, the turnovers, the ill advised shots. That is just young basketball player stuff. And I'm not worried about Lamella Ball when it comes to that man. I'm, I'm not yeah, now. He, he's so, clear.
2: You know, he's clearly. Going to be a, at worst, a solid solid NBA player, but I think that we're going to get the best versions of him and possible. Yeah. So guys,
1: guys, um, I saw this online last night. What is your response to the people that are pissed off that we lost and uh, that
0: <laughs> is that uh, is this a serious
1: question? And, 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 the, and, the, and that James Arego doesn't have his rotation set during the first preseason game. Can,
0: can let, please let me take this one. <clears throat> if you are upset <clears throat> at the Hornets losing their first game in any capacity in 276 days, which equals nine months in a preseason game. In a preseason game where we're not really running plays, we're running sets. Jasper Rego is experimenting with lineups. You know why? Because that's what you do in preseason. You don't sweat the details. You know why, guys? Because it's preseason. It is preseason for a reason. To, to bring this point home, Gordon Haywood, which we're going to get to in a minute, Gordon Haywood had a really decent game. Des Varego, after the game, said, you know what? Uh, Hayward had that type of game, and we didn't run one play for him. That lets you know how well of a fit Gordon Haywood is going to be going forward. Now, Borrego did express concerns for the turnovers, but he also attributed to guys who are not used to playing together, guys who have not played for nine months, and him experimenting with different lineups. Hey,
1: hey, 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 but I'm concerned that uh, we're not relevant. And people don't want to see us play because we lost by like fifteen in preseason, man.
0: Let let, let me let me look, man. If there are hey, man, fans, look,
1: look, 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 we need a real coach in here, like a Pat Riley or something, bro. I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think Pat Riley, Jesus or Moses could have prevented the Hornets from from uh, committing twenty two turnovers last night, man.
2: It, I mean, this is. This is when you want the Hornets to commit 22 turnovers. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. A game that doesn't matter, and they make the mistakes and they can learn. They have a lot of film they can look at. And the coach can say, look, this is why we lost the game. This is why, you know, turnovers. Um, fans, Hornets fans, we don't know how to uh, be realistic. Yeah, we don't.
0: I, I think that's an understatement.
2: Yeah, because we're you know there, there was a, a discussion in the Hornets Facebook group about whether or not the Hornets are the uh, the the last or the laughing stock of the NBA. I don't know about the laughing stock. Of course, yeah, we don't we're not relevant or anything. I would I'd say the Knicks are probably. I think relevant. the
0: Knicks have that firmly on lock yeah, and should.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, so I think it's it's more. <laughs> For, for Hornets fans, they feel better piling on to the negativity than they do embracing uh, the hope for something positive.
0: Right. So- and and, 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 and re- remember a couple of seasons ago when the summer league team uh, lost to China and everybody was oh, was, 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 was <laughs> freaking out about a summer league loss, man. I, I'll just say this to, to, to Hornets fans who are upset about losing a preseason game, man. It. If you, if you chew, if you, if you run to negativity, if you choose to, if you, if you just, if that's your thing, at least wait until midseason man, like get a sample size first, not the first game of damn preseason after a team who ain't played in nine months, guys, really in just a little bit. And sometimes you have to give the other team credit. The Toronto Raptors who have not made a whole bunch of roster changes who are basically the same group outside of Kawhi Leonard that you've been seeing, that won the damn championship uh, a season and a half ago, they have a cohesiveness that a lot of teams don't have. They're not experimenting like we are. They don't have a bunch of new pieces. They they know how to make adjustments. Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach. I don't know why I'm so passionate about explaining this for a damn preseason game, but here we are. But you just gotta reel it in
3: what a what little if bit, I told you, I,
2: Okay, I got, I'm gonna throw y'all a curveball based on something I saw in the Hornets group today. What if I told you that Cody Zeller was gonna outplay Pascal Siakam?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I, I I so there was another post in the Hornets group. If Cody Zeller's trash, he needs to go, you know, same old same about Cody <laughs> Zeller. And I had a simple question, I was just like. Based on what? Because I asked it, I was like, was it based on last night's game? Like, how do you get that from last night's game? I just didn't.
1: Look, look, man, look. I hate to say it, man. Look, I'm not racist or anything. He's a white guy. He's a white guy
0: who's balding. So, (laughs) he obviously sucks, okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Rodney. He's a goofy white guy who's balding, who falls all the time, so he he sucks. But but to reel it in a bit, man, I just we are a group who will never understand the 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 Cody hatred. We've always acknowledged that Cody is what he is. I you know he's not the bruising physical rim protector that we want, but that does not make him invaluable. And I I just don't think fans are going to acknowledge that, man.
2: Yeah. Um, I, and,
0: ooh, we're gonna get yeah, to that. I but go ahead, Tazel. yeah, yeah. Go. I
2: just want to say, I, you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna take a dump on Cody Zeller, wait till he has a bad game, because that will probably happen at some point in the season. But after a preseason game, which he plays reasonably well against somebody like Pascal Siakam, I, I, I don't understand why you would why that why you would pick the last that game. game.
0: God, Fox. Um, yeah, Look, man, I think it's preseason and people are bored and people are... are Look, even the negative Nancys are just happy to talk about the Hornets. And sometimes the fans talk about the Hornets the only way they know how, which is negativity. And to Tyler's point, again, I, I just... I responded to that person, what are you basing this off of? Because the timing of that was just really odd. You know what I mean? But... I do want to get to something real quick. Y'all know I had to go here. So Ant Jams uh, says that, you know, the, the the Hornets are sadly called the worst in the league by fans across this country because the team is owned by a black person. Let me specifically say this. Uh, Michael Jordan is obviously black, <laughs> but he is also one of the most famous people to ever grace the earth. And that matters because there's always an easy out when you're Michael Jordan. When you don't know the ins and outs of basketball business, and uh, and 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 you think that Michael Jordan is the grand wizard who can wave a magic wand and automatically create this championship team, it's a low don't hanging say fruit. fruit. Please, I'm don't sorry? Say grand, Please don't say grand wizard. Dude, that 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 was a horrible choice of words. Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible choice of words. Thank you for catching me there. But you get the point. Uh, to make a long story short, man, Michael Jordan is low-hanging fruit, man. And, you know, pe- people just think he do- he's not going to have the same challenges as any other owners in the NBA, basically, man. So there you I have it.
2: That, I, I think that Michael Jordan has a harder because he's Michael Jordan, not necessarily because he's black. He's the only black owner in major professional sports. But <laughs> I, I, Michael Jordan, the problem with Michael Jordan is that He's always had a lukewarm relationship with his own community, with the black community. We love his shoes, but at the same time, we don't day, know if we love the man. Exactly. We love his shoes, but then we're like, well, what does he really do for the black community? And although we've on the show, a, 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 a,
0: except, except raise $120 yeah, million for black causes, all,
2: yeah. all, all of the great things that Michael Jordan has done for the city and the community, but the media perception is that Michael Jordan doesn't really do any of those things. Plus, people are always gonna want to knock down the goat. Michael Jordan is is you know, in my opinion the greatest basketball player of all time, and a lot of people feel that way. So yeah, he's he's low hanging fruit. So, Okay, you were great on the court, but uh, now that you own a team, you suck. We've heard Skip Bayless constantly call him the worst owner. In the league, no, Scott- no, no, no,
0: no. Let, let, let's be clear. Skip Bayless has always called Michael the worst general manager in the league, even though he's never really been a general right. manager. Let's make clear.
2: Michael Jordan was the Michael Jordan of bad owners. It's, it's just a media narrative because it's easy to pick on Michael Jordan because he was so great, and this is something that he's not great at yet.
0: Rodney, you got anything to add to that?
1: Stop owning prisons.
0: Shut up, man. Moving on. <laughs> I, I, I got something to add on to that. Stop believing Facebook memes. <laughs> let's, let's, let's end that conversation there, man. All right, guys, we're going to move on. We have a couple of voicemails uh, I wanted to get to today. Um, I hope people left their names because if not, I'm not going to know who they are. I think one of these is Jay from the chat room. We're going to get to him in a minute, but here's our first voicemail. Hey, what's up? Anyway. Okay, I'm messing this up as usual.
2: Good job, Jamal. Thanks. Hey, what's up, fellas,
3: man? This is Chris G. Just, just call me Chris G. The OG. Anyway, I got three things, man. Uh, first off, Panthers, because I just got to watching that match. Look, Teddy Bridgewater is not your future quarterback. All right. Why well, I gotta sit here and watch three quarters of Teddy Bridgewater three, three yards in the cloud of dust passes before they, they decide they want to play in the fourth quarter. All right. <laughs> Second, points. I love what I saw. I know we lost, but look, the ball looks good. I just need you to attack more. Don't be afraid to shoot. Don't go and make the 2 on me. Go ahead, put the ball up. Attack attack the rim. Keep pushing the offense. They look good. Um, lastly, Cam. Cam's not watched, okay? Um, Cam needs some weapons. Cam needs some help. I'll tell you what, I would love to see Cam on this tackle team right now. All these weapons we finally got. Cam's gone.
0: But now we got weapons. Anyway, that's what's up, man. Chris G, the OG. Peace. Good, good voicemail, bro. Hey, he, he, he came strong with that, man. Good, 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 strong call there, man. Please, please feel free to join us anytime, man. Good call, man. All right, next I one. The, I, on. On.
2: I love the three yards in a cloud of dust on the On the pass, right?
0: <laughs> no, right. No, no doubt, man. Here's a, here's the next one.
3: Yo, this is, great. this is my first time calling in. So all I'm gonna say is really, I want everybody to kind of see why I was kind of out of Teddy Bridgewater. and ain't really ready to lead a team, man. He and he's showing it. You know, we could have signed him to a one-year prove-it deal, like prove that he's supposed to be the man. But so he got a three-year deal. I don't know what's going on in the front office, man. Marty Hunter, when he first got his job back, he, didn't know. he was like, "Yo, I'm to I learned from my mistakes over paying players and everything that got them fired in the first place. Right back to the same situation again, man. He's went right back in the exact same situation and people are constantly defending this team talking about, oh, it's a rebuild. We're not expecting to win. We have no money. You can't be rebuilding with the, the cap out. Look at the Hornets, man. They have, they are paying players to Somewhere else, just to start getting some money off the book, so we can start actually building. That's actually a good it's point. Like, it's like, yo, it, it's frustrating. I don't think anybody in the front office really knows what they're doing. I don't think the coaches know what they're doing. I, I think they're overwhelmed. I think Marty Hardy overwhelmed. I think David ever overwhelmed. I hope you guys over there under construction have a good week. I'll be careful. See you guys later.
0: Hey, man. Hey, look, the, the, the voicemail uh, our callers are bringing it today, man. Just a reminder 704 981 1747. That is all for this week. We're gonna move on to the shout outs, man. Who wants to go first, man? Who y'all shouting out or shouting at this week?
2: I want to shout out some foolishness I've seen in the black community on Twitter. So, <laughs> 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 Ooh, so the baby. Who is, as far as I'm concerned, the ambassador for Charlotte uh, in music, pop culture? Now, props to him for that come up. But someone made a ridiculous ass post noting that whenever the baby sees a big woman, he jumps on them. And when I say that, I mean like, like physically, like hey, jumps on them and gives them a big hug. Like jumps on their back. And they posted a bunch of pictures of him uh, engaging in this behavior. And then they said, but he never does that. With the smaller
3: women,
2: how come <laughs> he doesn't treat the big women like he does? Before? He ain't jumping on no small women. Oh, At so that person, I say, shut the hell up.
0: Right? Hey, seriously, I it, it, yeah, <laughs> Rodney, what you got, man? Can you top that?
1: <laughs> man, that, that's that's a hard one to top, man. Uh. uh <laughs> look, look, look. Look, man. Look, I'm going to give a shout-out to Vashti for having me on her show yesterday. Yeah, man. man. Hey,
0: man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real. Real, uh, real quick, let me cut you off. For those of y'all who don't know Rodney's talking about, Rodney was on ESPN 730, Carolina the Blitz. You can go on ESPN 730's website to catch that interview with Rodney and Vashti. Rodney, go ahead, sir. sir. is a real one. That's all I got to say, man. It, it was a good convo, and
1: uh some of y'all might not like what I had to say but uh, I think-
0: uh you, you know what i didn't because y'all gonna stop uh y'all gonna stop tr- throwing shade at garden webman for Florida state man like like we're we gonna we gonna stop that bro
1: and then also man i
0: want to give a shout out to versus man
1: Um uh, they got a regional battle coming up next uh next <laughs> uh friday man
2: it's e40 versus too short and i'm rolling with short dog i know who jamal's picking in this uh in this battle but i might pick e40 i love both those guys I have almost the entire discographies, man. I, I'm yeah. I want to see that
0: one. I, well, look, man. I, I'm I'm not gonna say anything because I, I get in trouble for my music opinions. Uh, I'll just say this: both artists are prolific recorders. They have well over twenty albums. They have a lot of songs. And they have a lot of songs that people like. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not even going to tell you who I'll pick, man. <laughs> so, any, <laughs> anywho, man, my only shout-out, man, is actually Rodney, man. Uh, happy birthday to you, man. Uh, well, happy belated happy birthday to you, man. I hope you celebrated. Hope you did well with that, man. But, um, guys, this is a great show. Um, next week, you know, hopefully we'll be in a better mood. I, I doubt we will. But maybe <laughs> we'll have something positive to talk about, maybe oh. more LaMelo talk.
1: Oh guys, I have a quick announcement. Look, like, share, subscribe. Under construction. No doubt. Uh, share this podcast. I'm gonna do a raffle next week, and I'm gonna be sending out a uh, small gift pack, two gift packs. So the first person to get five likes on your reshare, no, 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 no. Guess what? If you reshare, it, I'm putting your name in. I'm putting your name in the hat. The first two people I pick. You get the gift pack. I'm gonna message you. Send me your address, and I'll ship it off probably next
0: Monday. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, uh, before we go, I do want to shout out everybody in the chat room. <clears throat> I will say this again. I sound like a broken record, man, but every time y'all are in the chat room, or y'all are interactive, or you are asking questions, it makes our job a lot more fun and easier. And most importantly, man, thank y'all so much for the support, man. We are independent. Black dudes trying to break in a sports market. It is not an easy thing to do without your support. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you without uh, for your support every week, man. Guys, that's going to wrap it up, man. We'll holler at y'all next week. Have a good week. Love one another. Peace out, y'all.
1: Peace out.